Welcome to In Between the Pages of Life podcast, a podcast dedicated to telling the stories that are sometimes heard, but yet unseen. Take a seat and listen with your hosts, Nadir Rose and K. Noel. It's your girl, Nadia the Rose, and I'm here with K. Noel today on another episode of In Between the Pages of Life. So today we have a special guest, and that is Miss Andrea Horbrook. Miss Andrea is a licensed professional counselor, and she's here with us today. She has graced our presence to discuss what's going on in America today, how it is affecting us as a country, and how is it affecting the individual. So, Miss Andrea, I'm going to let you introduce yourself to everyone. Hey, you guys. Thank you so much, K. Noel and Nadia, for having me on your platform. I just want to say thank you for that. Um, But yes, my name is Andrea Horberg, as Nadia explained, and I am a licensed professional counselor. I've been licensed as a professional counselor for about uh, six to seven years now in the field. I have a lot of experience as it relates to uh, mental health and self-care and needs of the community. I am licensed in two states. I have my LPC um, in the state of Illinois, and then I have my LMHCA in the state of Indiana. And currently, I'm going to pursue my doctorate in counselor education and supervision at the Chicago School of Professional Psychology. So in simple, I will be training other counselors to do what I do to impact the world in amazing ways. So um, I do it all, you guys, right? So, and also, I, um, I help Christians as far as being able to navigate that space and talk about their own mental health issues so that that shame and guilt won't be associated within the kingdom. So that's a little bit about me and I am happy to join you guys. All right. All right. We are glad to have you on. So let's just go ahead and just open up. Like Nadia DeRose said, you know, this is in wake of the election. The past four years, we have experienced a lot and we want to talk about how do we move forward and how do we heal from our past four years. So the first and main question question is, how do we actually heal from what we experienced in the last four years? I know we could go beyond, you know, just four years, but let's just narrow in and talk about just these last four years. Great question. First, I wanted to start off by saying that sometimes when we think of healing, we think that it's something that just kind of happens and it it just kind of develops and I kind of as I've been progressing in my program like I hate well hate is a strong word I dislike the term that it takes time like healing takes time and it actually takes more than time it needs to be intentional and it's a process that we all have to engage in in order to uh, just begin the healing process so within the uh, like how do we heal just from the past four years, I would say um, I actually just developed this acronym. It's called BREATHE. It stands for basically being aware and acknowledging the pain, reflecting on those unpleasant emotions, extending grace, basically accessing professional support, taking time to practice self-care, having a support system or someone that you can call on just to kind of connect and to build, and then just enjoying life, life's moments. So if you just follow that acronym of BREATHE, that will probably help as far as being able to navigate the healing process from all of the trauma that we've experienced thus far. Okay, so I, I wanna narrow in on something because you, you mentioned um, enjoying life. When, with us having COVID, 
and especially even being black in America, you know, you, you kind of people are more than normal fearing for their lives. So what would you say to those, especially in 2020, again, with COVID and everything else, what would you say to those that feel like they have to live in fear and live in this box of fear? Well, uh, my initial response as a believer is that, of course, fear is not of God. That's my first initial. And actually, in John uh, 16 and 33, uh, let me just reference that for you guys really quickly. It says, I've told you these things so that in me you will have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So just with that notion that Christ has overcame the world. That's our foundation. And within that, yes, we will have trouble. Yes, there will be things that we go through. But if he has overcame the world, our assurity, our 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 our, our peace is in that. And understanding that, you know, Christ was able to overcome, so so can we. But practically, I would also say that it's important to to show up as far as like to church. I know we can't attend and assemble together, but just being able to connect with like-minded individuals, I think also has so much support in that. And there's always strength in numbers. You know, the Bible says that one can can put, what, 10,000 in flight and two can put, one can put a, a, a thousand in flight and two can put 10,000 in flight or whatever the case is. I know you guys get the scripture reference, right? But my point is that there is strength in number. So don't try to carry the burdens and all the things that you're going through alone. Connect with somebody and and be transparent about what you're going through. I love how the acronym is hot, right? Honest, open, and transparent. Uh, Pastor Michael Todd, he uses that a lot. And I think that's something that as believers, we have to be able to implement in our lives when we talk about fear and everything and the, the, the pressure and the stress that we've been under for so many years. So yeah, I think that's, I, it was a long-winded question, uh, uh, answer rather, but that's it. <laughs> awesome, awesome. I, I know for me, I am more, I am more than times a loner, but this year has made me want to, to, to reach out to more people and, you know, talk, especially at the beginning of COVID and we had to stay locked up in the house, you know, all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and, and I and I was going through my own personal issues at the time. It, and I kid you not, it happened like literally like weeks right before COVID happened. Wow. So it was like on top of dealing with this, now I'm dealing with this. And I had no other choice but to look up. I had no choice but to look to him. Yeah. And it was it was in that exact moment that I began to birth the the, the book Be Relentless. Not only that, I, I I think I wrote about two two th- two or three books during that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, That's amazing. Yeah, and and I used that that pain that I was going through, and it, and I used it to push. Yes, I was just about to say that. It just popped in my mind that purpose is sometimes produced through pain. And sometimes we don't want to go through the process of pain, but that's where we need to go in order to get to God's next. Sometimes when we're at the end of the road, it's when God begins to reveal the next chapter of where we're supposed to go. But when you don't want to have to go through anything, it's just like, well, okay, I want to push you and I'm with you. I won't leave you nor forsake you. I'm there. I got your back. We we gonna get through this together. Uh, who is it? I forgot who says it, but we gonna be all right. Like that's a real thing. Like we gonna be all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and and I've been there, where 
I, it was it was for me before before I got saved. You know, I I was able to deal with all types of different types of pain, but it was something about when I got saved and those different things happened, and I had to face those different types of pain. I won't lie, I I kind of ran from it, yeah. and and it was hard for me to have to deal with. Yeah. But it, and then that's also where the the be relentless came from because. I realized in everything that I'm doing, I had to be relentless. Yeah, 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 that's good. That's so good. Ooh. Yeah, good so um, let, let's let's think about, because uh, right as of right now, because we're recording this on a Friday, you all know we, we recorded ahead of time. So as of right now, we, we're waiting on the results. Yeah. So let's talk about the effects compared to 2016 to 2020. We we know a lot of people they didn't vote in 2016 compared to 2020. What what do you think made that big difference in that jump between now and then? <laughs> well, I don't want to uh, say anything um, that will incriminate myself, but to just keep it simple, from everything that has transpired, the people want to change. They realize that because we didn't show up to the polls like we needed to, this was the result of it. So it's almost as if like when you know better, you do better. And if you want to see change, you have to be a participant of it. And you just can't sit back and twiddle your fingers and think that it's gonna just happen on your behalf. You have to physically engage with it. And that's what we did. We showed up and we showed out. And, and I think that so many people across the nation has realized that we have to let our voice be heard. And I think specifically within the uh, African-American community for years, our voices have, we felt as if our voices didn't matter. We felt as if we won't, we won't be heard, but that's actually not true. We have so much power when we actually focus on a specific task. Like if focus on it, we will be able to achieve it. I, I, I think our, our people, are, we're so great, we're so powerful, but sometimes we have our own motives, we have our own desires and ambitions and we don't link up. So for this, for this election, we were able to go to the polls, all, everybody was able to go to the polls and show up so that we can see actual change happen within our nation. Right, and, and, and I thought it was pretty incredible because not only was it the African-American community, we, we saw unite yes. a united front, you know, from the Caucasians, every, every different race, and not only in America, in other countries as well. Yes, our allies, they showed up and, and supported. It's amazing, yes, all my Latinx people out there and my fellow brothers and sisters, like everybody, you're right, everybody showed up and showed out. So that's, that's amazing. Right, let, let me ask this, because I know everybody, like I said, we're, we're anticipating, you know, the results and everything. Is it really healthy for people, because let's be real, we got people that's that's constantly sitting in front of the television, watching, <laughs> the, waiting for the results, or they'll go, they'll flip from the television and go to social media. Is that really healthy? Well, what's healthy nowadays, right? No, <laughs> um, I, I'm guilty of it. <laughs> you have to, you have to, you have to do that. You know, if you <laughs> if you don't, you will. Um, just become a zombie, so to speak, of 
of everything, of the tabloids, of every CNN or Fox, whatever you prefer, you just become so engulfed in that where you can't practice self-care, where you can't even start the process to healing. It's almost you're compacting trauma from everything you hear. Oh, this person got shot. Now now this person, the COVID just rose on this state and just so many things are going on and there's so many layers of grief, so many layers of trauma, so many layers of stress where you have to be intentional about detaching. So is it healthy for you to you know, switch back to social media, go back to the TV and just stay, try to stay up on everything. I would say limit your, your, your watching of such only to protect your own mental health. I'm not saying don't be informed because I think that it's important that we all just, you know, stay up informed. But out of a day, if you're checking it about 10, 10 or more times, that's a problem. You know, you need to probably scale it back a little bit just to make sure that you're protecting your own sanity and self-care. I probably have a problem then because I know I check, especially with this election. I'm always refreshing the page. It was like five o'clock in the morning when I found out that Georgia switched and I was so surprised. But I'm gonna have to listen to you and limit my time. But at the same time, it's just really hard as an American to not check in with the election constantly because it is such a big deal. Yeah, I agree. It's almost as if that impulse, you know, we're we're sometimes driven by impulse and our impulse is just to go and check in. Like sometimes when we wake up in the morning, right? I think, I don't know if you guys saw that on Netflix, I think it's called social media or something like that. <laughs> but my impulse in the morning when I wake up, and sometimes I'm not even doing it intentionally, but my fear is scrolling to find Instagram. Like, I don't really care what just happened in Instagram. Like, I literally just opened my eyes. You know, oh, I need to go ahead and check my um, my email accounts just to kind of see what's going on. So it's almost as if we have to put parameters around our time with social media, put parameters around our time with checking, uh, you know, who's up, whether it's Biden or, or Trump. Like, we gotta put parameters around that just to kind of protect our, our personal space. So you're right. Yeah, it is hard. I'm guilty. I'm guilty of it, but I'm I'm scaling it back because I know that if I keep tuning in, if I keep watching it, it's not changing anything. It's just impeding upon my own stress level. And based off what I'm hearing, I may not like it at the moment. And it's either going to make my stress levels go up or down. And to be frank, I think we all have a lot of other things to kind of worry about in the world. So watching that so many times and tuning in. It's a lot, you know, so you probably do need to <laughs> scale it back just a little bit. One of my biggest things th this week alone is protecting my, my mental. And I don't care. And, and that's and that's what I've been telling people at work, everywhere. And, and you know, so even some of my staff, protect protect your mental. I even did, a, a, I went around talking to a lot of my staff did, um, the other day and just seeing how they were doing, just do, doing a mental check because 2020, 2020 alone, if not careful, it could drive you crazy. Yes. It, it, it's, it's almost like, like I've been telling everybody, it's almost like Jumanji. <laughs> You don't know what you gonna get. Right. You gotta stop rolling that dice. <laughs> right. So, it, 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 and for some people, it, it, it's been really, it's been really scary for yeah. them. Yeah. And and not only where they have dealt with COVID, and then for the African American community, we're dealing with you know basically fighting for our lives, and you know making our voices heard. And then not only that, it seems like more people are dealing with 
personal issues too. It's like of all years, this year has been a crazy year where it's, it's COVID, Trump, and personal stuff too. On, on top of all of that. Yeah. It, it, and some people feel, it, I know they feel like, how much more can, can I take? And I, and I have noticed that COVID has caused a lot of the personal issues. People are having a lot of depression and anxiety that they just didn't have pre-COVID. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're so right. It's it's definitely amplifying the magnitude of our, our sanity. You know, how much more can we bear? Um, I know, I know it says like in the Bible, like, you know, he won't put more on us than what we can bear, but there's so much going on in 2020. And like you stated with COVID, it's, it's a lot, even, even as a therapist, it's a lot, you know, just uh, protecting my own mental health and just being able to navigate that space you know from individuals losing family members and and not just one family member like back to back like consecutive family members and and that's a lot and then your family your church family that you usually would probably connect with you can't really physically connect with them so then you have that loss so it's 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 loss on various levels and it's grief on various levels. So it's almost as if when you get to the point where you feel as if you're over one thing, something else then pops up. So it's like, okay, I just I just got my grips about me to manage this this one level of stress, but now, oh, something else just came up and it's one after the other. It's almost like it's a domino effect wearing on your mm-hmm. mental health and your mental stability. Right, so, so, so how, how can someone deal with all this at one time is it is there anything that a person can mentally do to get away from all of this mentally yeah i would say compartmentalize everything sometimes we want to look at everything all at once we we see the picture we see all our problems we see the bills piling up you might be about to lose your house you may not have uh you know food to provide for your kids so you see everything going on but the reality is you can't handle everything. So compartmentalize what you can handle, you know, and take that little bit and, and tackle that and then go to the next thing. And I guess priori- prioritize, you know, also the, the level of immediacy to handle everything as well. And then mentally in a, in a way to keep your, your, yourself sane, in the midst of all this and not have an emotional breakdown, I would say two things. One, allow yourself that opportunity to grieve. Allow yourself that opportunity to process uh, your emotions. If you need to cry, cry. If you need to scream, scream. Don't confine yourself to, well, I'm, I shouldn't feel this way. You know, I shouldn't, I should just kind of man up. I should woman up in a sense. Uh, no, I, I definitely wouldn't suggest that. Allow yourself time to feel those emotions and work through those emotions. And then another thing to kind of not succumb to an emotional breakdown, practice self-care. And what that looks like specifically is focusing on you. I think sometimes we like to focus on a lot. And as entrepreneurs, sometimes we like to be really ambitious and try to take on more than what we can handle. So just kind of focusing on you, maybe out of a week, allowing yourself at least one day where you just sit down and okay I'm not going to do anything I'm just going to focus on me what what do I like to do what do what makes me happy for that moment and I think that will go a long way and it's very simple but it works 
it really works. And one thing as far as controlling negative thoughts, what I do to control negative thoughts is I use the word of God. And you may not, you know, I, if you're not spiritual and, and, and that's not a thing for you, another thing that you can do to control negative thought is reframing those thoughts. I think sometimes we like to look at everything that's going wrong. It's called awfulizing. It's when you can't, when everything looks like it's just negative. You know, you can't find that silver lining because everything is negative. It's called awfulizing. And then you start to overgeneralize, like, oh, this always happens to me. I'm never going to be able to overcome this. Oh, why me? You know, so you begin to put extra pressure extra pressure on yourself and it begins to weigh down your psychological health. So change the change that language. And I know it's hard to change that language, but you have to be very intentional about how you do it. If you're feeling depressed and you don't want to get out of your bed, you have to be able to kind of like force yourself to get out the bed and exercise. Vitamin D goes a long way, especially because the seasons are changing and I don't know specifically where you are, but uh, seasonal affective disorder is a real thing. And what that is around every season, you feel as if you're, you're experiencing depression. Well, it's called SAD, seasonal affective disorder, where due to the, the seasons changing and it's getting dark, we're like I'm in Chicago, right? So there will be times when I wake up and it's dark and I go to work, but then when I get off work, it's still dark and it's just like, man, you feel so gloomy. It's almost as if like that very gloomy day where it's raining and it's cold, like you can't come up from that. Like that's a real thing. So it's important that you find opportunities to allow allow for self-care, not just self-care, allow for sunlight, exercising, uh, getting enough sleep and rest goes a long way as well. So those are just some practical things to do just to kind of help out. Okay, so I have a question. So you talked about allowing yourself to feel the sadness. So how much time should you allow yourself before you just drag yourself out of bed and get on with it? So you said, so where's the defining line? And, and just correct me if I'm wrong, you're asking like, where's that defining line of where you feel the pain, but then you shake it off? Is that is that what you're asking? Well, more of like how, how long do they need to allow themselves to feel the pain? You know, that's a really tough question, only because everybody is different and everybody has their own level of resiliency and some people can snap right back out of it. I've worked with patients that struggle with addictions, right? So I had some patients that were able to quit smoking heroin or using heroin and just do cold turkey. But then I had some other patients where it took them years to quit, you know? And they just keep working the program, they just keep working the program. But in relation to this question, I would say that it, it's very, it's a individualistic assessment that you have to take, you have to be self-aware, and you have to self-reflect. I can't say that it will take five days, I can't say that it will take five years, because I don't know, based off other things that's going on in your life, where you are and it also depends on like how much support. It's a lot of other specifics that goes into it of, of the individual person. Um, so I would just say, I guess to kind of know how much time it would take is just kind of being more self-aware and self-reflecting on where you are in the process towards healing. Okay, because I was just curious about that because I am one of those people who allow myself to truly feel pain. And you know, when something goes wrong, I am, 
I just have to cry it out. It normally doesn't take me more to do know some people and I'll just know yourself. So that makes sense when you were saying it just depends on the individual person and their resilience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and people, I think some people like they underestimate that time and sometimes they just wanted to get over. I just want to get over this. I just want to move on to the next. And they don't allow themselves that, that time to, to heal. And, and I guess it also depends on a person how they were how they were raised. But sometimes we can prematurely walk out of a season without self-reflecting. So it's almost as if we're pushing, we're pushing it past the moment where we where we should. It's almost as a premature like healing point. And what you find out is when you prematurely heal, you go into your next season with the same baggage that you came out of it out of it with. You know, it's almost as if that same burden, that same uh, stuff that you were dealing with in one season, because you didn't really heal completely and you prematurely healed, you take it with you in, into the next and it just appears in a different way, you know? So I applaud you for taking that time to, to heal. And you know, like you said, it is a very uh, individualistic experience for everybody. That is awesome. I want to go back to something that you were just saying about, you know, taking self-care. One thing that's been in my spirit a lot this week is put on your mask first. And and I've heard that from two different people. And I heard it in my coaching class. And then I heard it from um, E.T. And I'm, I'm a big, big fan of E.T. and Inky, Inky Johnson. But they both were talking about keeping put your mask on first because when you're in a plane, when you're in an airplane, when it's an emergency and the, the mask come down, they tell you to put yours on first. And I'm not a parent, but I know me, I would want to put my child's on first. And you can't actually help your child if you're not helping yourself first. And and, and, and I was talking to my wife about that last night. I said, you know, I, I need to put my mask on. And I was explaining to her what that is. And she said, you're right, because you're just like, you're just like your daddy. Because <laughs> my, my daddy, he's the, he's the same way. So I, I absolutely love that because I'm in a season now where I'm learning, though I'm trying to help other people and, you know, moving into the coaching arena, I still have to put my mask on first because I can't, I'm ineffective if I don't have my mask on. That's so good. Uh, what came to mind as you was talking is that you can't, you can't draw from an empty well and you can't pour from an empty cup, you know? So you're, you're running low and you think that you can still give, 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 especially with everything that's going on in the world, you know, when you're running low and you still try to pour, you're running, you're running on empty, you know? So it's almost as if you have to pull over to do that, you know, self-check and self-reflection just to kind of see what you need. What do you need? And I ask, you know, your audience this, what, what do you, what do you need in this season? You know, and it's okay to look at everybody else and look at everything else, but specifically focus on you this time. What do you need in this season? And then break it up into tears. What do you need spiritually? What do you need financially? What do you need personally? And then just begin to ask God to reveal those things to you. So you can write down your desires, right? Because the Bible says that he gives you the desires of your heart. But then also allow your prayer to be, you know, not my will, but your will be done. And then seek him for what he needs to give to you. You know, and sometimes that's where 
our extra wind comes from is that time of refreshing from the Father in order to continue to give and to continue to pour um, and to influence everyone else uh, within our communities. That is, that is awesome. So this is what I'm thinking because we're nearing our end time. What is it that you could say to those in 2020 that's been hurting this year and that they're broken down and they're isolated that you're dealing with all kind of pains and I'm, I'm just going to let you take take the mic you can just run with it you know just just to in, encourage the listeners um well for you guys that are listening i would just speak life to you and let you know that even though you feel like you're alone you are not alone and there is hope and you have to remember that I don't want to sound preachy but this too shall pass there's seasons and you know for every season there's a time and for every time there there's different things that occurs within those seasons so you have to be able to realize that this this isn't going to last forever just like we have various seasons you know summer fall spring winter this is a season that you're going through and I know it's hard and I can see how it how you might want to throw in the towel um, but I just want to speak live and encourage you just to keep stepping you know I used to say to uh, the clients that I worked with in addictions sometimes you got to take it once one step at a time you know what they actually say is, is one minute at a time you know and if you can't do by minutes do one second in a, at a time and that's okay and then also just for today you know, just for today, I'm okay. Just for today, I'm in right, my right mind. Just for today, I have food on the table. You know, don't don't look at what you don't have. Look at what you do, you know? And I think that as you focused on those aspects, healing will start to take place, you know? And again, don't put time, don't put time limits or time restrictions on your healing process. Absolutely, and we we really do appreciate that. So I tell you what, given th this episode was so great, and, and I feel like there is so much more that needs to be said, and especially given that we we don't know the results yet, and and I really feel that it, there that there's more people that that needs healing, just so much more. What do you think about doing a part two for next week? Yeah, I would love to come back and speak to your audience, especially once we find out how everything goes. Yeah, I would love to definitely come and join you guys again. Awesome. Well, you all are hearing it here, so you already know she will be back with us next week. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it already. And, and I, I greatly appreciate you for taking the time out to just really to allow God to use you. This is I'm I've, I'm just wow! It, it's so many nuggets, so many things that you said that I, I'm 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 speechless. <laughs> so you all know the drill. No matter what time of the day you're listening to this, we're praying for you. Just just be encouraged. Better days are ahead of us. They're coming. I, I can't say when, but eventually we will come. So with that being said, again. You all have a good evening, a good night, and a good morning, and we are out. 
we hope you enjoyed this episode of In Between the Pages of Life. To learn more about our podcast and view past episodes, visit relentlessmotivationalgroup.com. You can also join us at anchor.fm slash pages of life. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at Relentless Motivational Group LLC. If you like what you've heard and want to help us improve, you can donate via the website or Anchor page. Until next time, you guys.